I'm going to hand the floor over to a good friend of mine that I think uh, has lived fully the entrepreneurial journey. So a big round of applause for Andre Vanierov. I hope my voice can be heard as well as yours. Uh, well, thank you very much for, for coming and also thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, my name is Andre Vani Robin. I'm uh, 43, married to a Catalan woman with two children, uh, born in Miami, uh, from a Hungarian father and a French mother. If you're not confused yet, let me know. Uh, basically, uh, I uh, started uh, as an entrepreneur in 1995. However, before I begin, I would like to just ask a couple of questions so I understand you out of a raise of hands. Who is currently uh, self-employed? If you can raise your hand. Who is uh, aspiring to uh, start a new business? Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing that information with me. Uh, I was sitting in a cubicle in a bank in 1995 when I finished my MBA from University of Miami and uh, the size of the cubicle doesn't really matter because the fact of the matter is I wasn't allowed to lift my head uh, so all I would see is my desk and I would analyze basically credit reports from Latin American companies that were asking for credit uh, from this bank, a French bank which was bought later by an Italian bank called the Banque Sudameris and I would read their stories as to why they would convince me, an analyst, to uh, give a positive recommendation to uh, be able to give them credit. And this uh, would be a very uh, unnerving uh, problem for me because I would read their stories, I would read their projects, I would read their products, and I really felt like I wanted to do that. So I stayed in that cubicle for about three weeks. Uh, the reason that was the only three-week experience I had as an employee was because I really felt that I wanted to do something uh, that I could actually earn a living by doing something that I liked. Actually, that I would do something that I loved. And the idea that I came uh, to do was to create a company uh, to create websites. Back then you could actually uh, charge $300,000 for one. And I self-proclaimed myself the king and the expert on internet in Latin America. Of course, nobody uh, was uh, saying the contrary because there was nobody in Latin America uh, who had actually uh, done any internet activity. And by self-proclaiming that, I actually eventually built a business with 68 people, offices in Caracas, in Mexico City, in Sao Paulo, and uh, had a good amount of revenue, specifically about $2.5 million in revenue at the time. Unfortunately, now I can say, I was surrounded by a bug. The bug of the internet back then, Netscape uh, going public, Amazon, uh, all these companies, and I was surrounded and had the privilege to be surrounded by uh, people who were raising millions and millions and millions of dollars. And here I was trying to make a profit on a website by calculating the costs of man hours, the engineering, so I could actually generate revenue and, and earn a living from it. Unfortunately, I was young and decided to raise money myself, which I did successfully, until uh, 1990, actually 2000, on April 14, when a Series uh, B round was scheduled after having raised $4 million, and the market tanked for the first time. So, uh, for the first time, uh, all of the investors were thinking, whoa, maybe something's wrong. Maybe this 1,000% uh, growth 
that these companies are offering is perhaps not realistic. And so I was told that they weren't going to invest. And unfortunately, I had six months to shed 50 uh, people in my company, end up with 18, and sell it to a company on the NASDAQ, basically for uh, $4.5 million in stock. At that point, uh, I said, okay, in French there's a saying, retirer l'épingle du jeu, which basically means, you know, at least you try to get your card out and then move on. Well, I tried to get my card out, it was called stock. And the stock uh, stopped trading one month later because apparently uh, the company had uh, misinterpreted uh, their assets and basically instead of being worth $48 million, they were worth $8 million. And with that, the company uh, obviously uh, had uh, gone into a serious financial difficulty. Six months later, it went bankrupt. And with that, all of the work that I had done since 1995, including my wife, who had sacrificed herself, uh, working with me from 4 in the morning to 8 in the morning, uh, accounting, all the work that you can imagine, all the time that you can pour into a business, was gone. Completely gone. It evaporated. So here I am finding myself with absolutely nothing. When I mean nothing, I mean nothing. Literally nothing. Nothing to the point where I'm on a bridge taking my car back to the car dealership because I couldn't pay for it. And I was thinking in Miami, what would happen if I just turned the wheel one second? Oh, I didn't pay the insurance. Nothing would happen. Ah, so then I had to continue driving the car. There was no choice. I was so broke, I can't die. I can't even kill myself. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. So here I go, going on. And then I said to myself, about myself, well, the next time I start a business, what I'm going to do is at least try to spend some time with my family, at least try to spend some time with myself, and at least try to live a balanced life, in case it happens again. Three years later, after a brilliant idea to try to build a triple play operator in Spain called Servidores.com, this time I had to voluntarily close the company. It happened again, and I lost it all again. All again. But this time the good news is that I had not sacrificed any personal time with my children. I would take them to school every morning. I would pick them up in the afternoon when I could. And I had not lost those three years as I had theoretically lost the five years prior to those three years. And then finally, I was sitting in the summer of 2005, again with nothing. And a friend of mine says, I have an idea. I said, well, that's good. That's great. What's your idea? My idea is to build a business in the TV business. And with that, he said to me, do you have money? I said, no, I don't have money. Do you have money? He said, no, I don't have money. How much do we need to build this business? We need about $2 million or euros. That's a great idea. And there we started, piecemealing ourselves until we built a company which was sold on the London Stock Exchange in October of 2010 and is still operating now. All the revenues are built by us. And basically, the company was sold for 9.3 million. The point I'm trying to make is this. I have suffered more, or my fair of suffering, I cannot compare. And I feel very, very privileged to be able to do what I like to do. Because I think no matter what your religion, no matter what your belief, you're only going to live your life once, combining your senses, your intelligence, 
you're combining your experience, your surroundings, why not try to lead your life earning a living doing what you love? Even if it means corporate entrepreneurship, even if it means working within an organization, creating something, something you like, because there are an enormous amount of lows and highs. And at the end of the day, when you go home, what counts, what keeps you alive, what keeps you happy, is you're thinking, hey, I like what I'm doing. And money is not an objective. It comes, it goes. But what stays is the fact that you can earn a living doing what you like. That has been, for me, my mantra and my source of strength through these two bankruptcies and finally the success story. I'm now at my fourth company and working very hard to make it a success story. Will it be a success? I don't know. But I'm enjoying myself. Every morning I get up, I love what I do. And I pour all my heart into it. Except, of course, when I have to take my children to school or on weekends I spend time with my family. That is my little 10-minute experience I'd like to share with you today. And I suppose there will be a panel later for questions, answers, and critiques and comments. Thank <laughs> you.